Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Welcome to Face to Face. This is a show about change and about what's next. It's a show that wants to ask questions, peel back the layers of our average everyday experience, and go beyond scratching the surface. We interview amazing people with incredible ideas and stories who have done wild, weird, and wonderful things. Remember that imagination shared create collaboration, and collaboration creates community, and community inspires social change. I'm David Peck, and this is Face to Face. So my next interview is with Raul Peck, and yes, that's Peck, same last name, and this was just an absolute treat for me. It was the kind of interview where I just didn't want to turn off the recorder, and I think my first question to Raul was after we we ended recording was, so when are you going to give up filmmaking, Raul, and start teaching philosophy? We had a good laugh, and I found out a little bit more about uh, Raul's background and his history and development and philosophy, and I mean, it's it's what hasn't Raul done, I think, is the question, really. And his film, uh, world premiered at TIFF uh, this week, I Am Not Your Negro. It's a must-see. You are going to hear about this film. It is a uh, brilliant piece of filmmaking. It's a statement about the way things are, the way things were, and the way things really uh, do need to be. We talked uh, about so many things in this interview that you're going to find not only uh, fascinating, uh, compelling, and engaging, but I trust and I hope that it gets you thinking about things in a new way. Raul says that people, he hopes people, he doesn't want them to go away uh, with guilt from this film, but he wants them to feel conflicted, and I think that is really a good way to put it. So uh, check it out, listen in, Raul Peck, coming right up, I Am Not Your Negro is the film, world premiere at the Toronto International Film Festival, and davidpecklive.com, rabble.ca, for more podcasting. If you like my new book, Real Change is Incremental, check it out there online. Well, welcome to Face to Face. We're joined by a very special guest today for a world premiere of a film that uh, you're all going to need to see. Uh, we're here at the Toronto International Film Festival uh, 2016. I Am Not Your Negro is the film, and we're here. Uh, I can't believe I'm actually sitting face to face, and this isn't happening via Skype or a phone call with Raoul Pack. Thank you so much for your time and, and, well, thank and your thank generosity. Thank you for inviting me. It's, uh, it's a brilliant film. I, I was... Um, driving home late last night. It's not the kind of film you want to see just before you go to bed. How's that? It's, uh, that's true. That's true. <laughs> a couple of shots of vodka before heading to bed might, might have been a good idea. Um, it, it, wh- what was your sense as you walked out on stage, world premiere, standing ovation, just before the Q&A? 
uh, before we start talking about some of the issues, because I'm 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 yeah. still buzzing, to be honest but, with you. But uh, you know, that's probably one of a rare film from all the film I've made where I felt we give uh, we gave ourselves all the conditions, all the time necessary uh, to to do a, a great job. Uh, I. That's why we, it was key for us to produce it ourselves with, with Remy, uh, Grelati, and uh, Ebert Peck, my brother, uh, and, and me as a third producer. And so we gave ourselves the time uh, to find the necessary money, to find the necessary form. It took me four years until I knew what the film mm. was going mm. to be, and it took us another six years. And to, a 10-year ten, project. Yeah, all it's in. a 10-year project. I, I've been, uh, I had the rights from... Uh, from a long time, from 10 years, from the uh, James Baldwin estate. And they were really, really supportive of the project. Uh, they trusted us, they trusted me. And they never put any pressure on us, uh, not on the content, not on the time, nor not uh, about what Maybe. kind of film I was going to make. Uh, they, they really, they knew my work. Uh, in particular, uh, Gloria Baldwin, uh, uh, James Baldwin's younger sister. Uh, she had seen Lumumba, and she, in fact, I think uh, Lumumba was the key mm, for me to, nice. to get the rights because uh, she, she, uh, you know, she knows well the, the, the African continent. She'd been uh, in, the, in James Baldwin's first trip to Africa. Uh, she became at 21 uh, James' uh, uh, personal assistant and secretary. So she went through all that period with him. So I guess there was there was for her a link, and and uh, and it, it was amazing the type of uh, of uh, freedom they gave me. It's quite remarkable. Film. To what degree did it did it evolve? Did it change over the ten years, or were you? Pre it sounded to me last night in the Q and A that you were pretty uh, committed at a, at an early stage as to where this was heading. Well, you know, like. Uh, some of the films that you make, you know, you you don't really know when it started. And right. I could say it started at when I was 16, mm. when I first nice. bumped into Baldwin. At the time, there were not many authors that I could uh, relate to that were uh, with whom I felt they were telling my story from my point of view. Uh, when I start reading uh, James Baldwin, it's just matches. It's you know I, I know I, I got something, and there were not many books and authors that you could trust. Mm. You know, mm. uh, as as a young uh, black person, uh, you distrust literature. Uh, not that you you can recognize good literature, you can recognize great stories, but at some point. Uh, you know, in the corner of a paragraph, you just realize that you were not part of the picture, that your world is not part of the picture. So you start to to deconstruct whatever you're reading. You know, all great author, you know, um, uh, except for rare ones like Shakespeare. You know, when you have Hotelo, you can relate to that somehow. Mm -hmm. You know, but uh, it's very rare. You know, uh, when you read Faulkner. You know, it's it's a mixed feeling, you know, and so James Baldwin was somehow, uh, you know, an incredible discovery, and he educated me. Well, you know what's amazing to me is what I was struck with was the discovery. The is it fair to say the rediscovery of James Baldwin? I, yes. I, I would imagine as a filmmaker and having worked and sort of uh, embraced his work for the last ten years, you must be pretty thrilled 
that you are now shining a light onto a writer that not necessarily has been forgotten, but even Cameron Bailey's introduction, you yes, know, yeah. kind of challenging the audience to say, you need to go back to this literature. Course, you did the same thing course. as well. It's, I was astounded at how prophetic and precise and authoritative and definitive. And actual and current. And it's, it's so it's, current. It's, it's talking to yeah. us today. Yeah, absolutely. And, and yeah. that's incredible. And, and yes, and, and knowing that Baldwin at some point uh, in particular, uh, in the in the late seventies and eighties, it, it was considered like uh, uh, almost a has been, you know, by the right? new generation. They they respected him, but uh, you know there were a lot of other issues, and and we we tend to forget that uh, it was a real massacre after you know they start killing the Black Panther, they, they decimating uh, the, their leadership, imprisoning them, or bribing them. Uh, and and then you had Martin Luther King who became the hero, and then uh, and they built statue uh, uh, about him. And then for uh, the majority, it was like done deal. Now we don't need to to have any issue. We we solve every problem. Right. Right. Yeah? right. Now we have even rich black people. We right. have an aristocracy. Right. Things, are, things are better now. Now things are better. So let's. Uh, and and uh, you know most of the writers of the and the mostly political writers you can't read what they were writing at the time, but today you can read Baldwin as if it is today. So Baldwin words have survived, and the, the, it's even more impactful today it, it than it was. Is. He's magical to watch, actually. The, the, oh the yes, editing, uh, as, the, the editing, the, the the way you pieced it together is really truly brilliant in my mind because of. His his pauses, you know, on the Dick Cavett show, for instance. I mean, it's oh, yeah. just so marvel. I love the fact that he's just smokes everywhere too. It's so great, <laughs> smoking on live television. Exactly, it's fantastic. Yeah. We but, forgot that. But yeah. the way he deals with the philosopher's name, who I've you know affectionately forgotten um, already, but uh, it, it's just with such authority. Oh yeah. And and hang on a minute. This is actually how it is, oh, yeah. right? Yeah. It's it's so wonderful how you capture yeah, that. Yeah, and, and uh, he had read everything. He had he was very uh, erudite. He had uh, you know a very strong uh, knowledge of uh, of literature, of of the world, of of politics. Uh, he traveled a lot. He, you know, it it's uh, it's incredible what you get when you leave your country mm, because you start so to great. see the world and your so own good. country differently. And what he says, like, you know, as a black writer in America, uh, that you can't concentrate on the typewriting, a typewriter, when all your antenna is looking in your bag to make sure that, you know, you're not being attacked or uh, that, you know, uh, that you're in danger, basically. And uh, so uh, he's traveling and meeting other people and confronting his his view and his experience to other experience that that was that was key. It's a nice nice connection to to a line he talks about um, about this idea of listening as, as a development guy as a guy who has spent a lot of time in the in the majority world. I think one of the and something I tell my students all the time: three things you need to know to be a good development worker. You need to listen. You need to listen. And oh yeah, right. You need to listen. Exactly. And 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 James Baldwin at the one point he says he doesn't he's referring I forget who he's referring to but he doesn't know how Negroes live and he says there's an apathy and an ignorance and then he says which is so utterly brilliant that's what segregation really means yes that is exclusion yes, yes. right I'm you not, don't, I'm you, not you don't know what's you. behind the wall and yeah. you don't need to know that's right you know you yeah. don't feel that you need to know 
And, and this is eventually what uh, you know, people call you know, white privilege. Right. But you could replace the, the adjective white by, by other things. It's, it's sure. just the attitude uh, toward the other. You know, we built yes. walls around yes. us, yeah. around our life, especially in time where you are in an uh, economical uh, danger. So uh, Europe is building walls everywhere now. You know, we don't want the foreigner. We don't want the migrants. Uh, although you have created that migration uh, in uh, waging war uh, in their in their country, so it's 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 really about you know how do we relate to the other, and not only in terms of diversity or you know let's let's uh, respect everyone's but. It's about also the economical part, mm. you know. Mm. Let's see how the wealth is uh, uh, distributed throughout the world. Is it, is it, does it make sense that, you know, uh, certain countries just take 80% of the world wealth, you know? This wealth is on the back of most of the rest of the world, That's of right, the majority. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, this type of apathy, it's part of it. It's an apathy that goes beyond race. There's a, um, uh, I don't know if you know the, the French philosopher uh, Emmanuel Levinas. Uh, yes, yeah, Levinas, So yes. Jew Jewish uh, philosopher, thinker, lost most of his family in Auschwitz. So he has a certain, again, a certain um, credibility, it seems to me. Very difficult to read. Yes. But he says, and uh, um, uh, the face speaks, and what it says is thou shalt not kill. And that for him, he says, 20th century, all philosophy, all religion has failed because of where we're at today. And in a sense, your film, I think, says the same thing. How the hell did we end up here? How is it mm. possible that, that, that knowing what we know, I mean, some of those images, you know, you know Baldwin's comment about this is a, quote, brutal and humiliating fact, close quote. I mean, I was brutally humiliated watching some of that film and saying, and how have I been complicit in whatever yeah. way? Whether it's my silence or it's that I didn't raise the conversation around the Christmas dinner table because I was yeah. afraid, right? And I mean, I know that's what you want, and I know that's what you're getting at, and I know that's what James Baldwin was all about. But this sense, why can't we listen to others? Yeah, it's, it's, but it's it's a human human uh, reaction that you you tend to see the world only through your own eyes. Uh, you don't see it through the eyes of the other. You don't recognize the other, and especially in time of danger. Mm. Uh, so mm. you tend to retract right. to to your group, to your family, to your your partner, and, and the rest of the world. You don't care. You have to survive, and uh, this is uh, the wrong way to build a society. And and at one point, you the society will catch up with you. You know, you cannot live your whole life in denial. In, in, in uh, denying the other as well. And it's not even about, you know, uh, destroying the other. Even your silence is active. Mm. You know, and, and, and it's a great, you know, and, and we tend to forget that um, our so-called civilized world is it's very uh, thin, you know. And, uh, I, you know, I study in Germany and uh, I... I each day I was in Germany, I never forget that maybe 50, 60 years from there, uh, the, the, the most uh, evolved society uh, who gave us uh, the greatest scientists, the greatest musicians, the greatest writers, were actually putting people alive in, in crematorium. 
you know, and it was modernly planned. Yeah. It was mathematically planned. The big industries of the time help in killing millions of people. So we, we, it's not far away. In the 60s, blacks were still lunch in the South and killed in the North. Because and, and today, when you see how uh, um, intrinsic to the system itself that young black people uh, ends up in prisons or, or killed in the streets, this is today. And we are the most civilized uh, you know, country in the world, supposedly. Do, do, you, think, do you think people leave the theater uh, after uh, seeing this? And I know that last night was the premiere. Um, Hopeless, hopeful. Uh, is there a sense of it's just too big? I mean, you've you've been working uh, around the world for years, and and, and and your film, as you rightly mentioned before, the recorder was on fatal assistance about development, about issues, and your comment mm -hmm. about how you don't think it works. Um, yeah, what uh, is it? Is it? Is I, it I, I hope that people get out of the film conflicted, mm. that uh, they they ask themselves questions. I hope that it moves them to... It's not about guilt. It's not about nice. you know what you did or did not. It's about what are you going to do. It's about conviction, isn't it's, it? It's, uh, it's about knowing. Mm. It's about knowing, and as Baldwin says, it's about acknowledging something and decide what to do about it. That's what he says in the film. What are you going to do about it? Yeah. Because... Uh, silence is criminal. What's what's your role in this country and what's your future in it? It's exactly. Just, exactly. Ask the real question, honestly, to yourself. And and that's what we are taught not to do. And when he talks about the role of televisions, you know, that's the epiphany today. You can't watch, you know, I, I watch television all over the world. And watching television here in the United States, not only the fact that it's it's broke up with uh, for commercial every three minutes or five minutes, you know that how can you build a thought if you are you have to be uh, 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 you know stopped by commercial, you know your your brain cannot function properly, you know so it's it's like you are uh, fed. Constantly yeah, the, the with material, with noise, with, with parasites. Noise. Yeah. And uh, how can you sit back and think about yourself, who you are, in what society are you uh, living, and, and, and find time to think about the other one on the other side, who is probably your brother, as Baldwin said, you know, mm. flesh of my flesh. Mm. You know, we came from the same mm -hmm. roots, mm -hmm. and, and black and white. And so uh, the, the, the time and the space is not there anymore. And the industry makes sure that it's not there. You know, to sell your product, you need almost an empty head. Right. You know, that's, that's what it is. I mean, there is a great French uh, um, um, industrialist who, uh, who owned the biggest uh, TV channel in France. He basically said it in an interview. My job is to make sure that your head is empty so you can buy uh, my products. Buy more things. Yes. So, of course, you know, how can you, uh, you know, do some, uh, uh, anything else, you know? For you, is, so you mentioned that, uh, and I want to go a little deeper on this, you said it's not really about color. It's, is, it, is, it about, is it about power? 
Is that it? Is it's, it can it's you a, can you polarize it in that? It's sense? about class and it's about economics. Mm. It's about class, you know. And and that's the interesting connection. Then when Baldwin talks about how Malcolm X and Martin Luther King uh, became one before they died. Mm. You know, that's when the system realized that they were really becoming dangerous because they were leaving the space that they were allowed, which was the, the, the race question, the, the race issue. But when they understood that it, it goes beyond race, that it was economical, it was about poverty, whether you were black or white, uh, that's where it became a problem for the establishment. So, and their next fight was fight a fight against poverty, both Martin Luther King and Malcolm X. If you read the speeches of, of Martin Luther King uh, one or two years before he was killed, it's incredible. It was not about uh, you know, peaceful demonstration. Mm. Mm. It was about changing the system economically. And this when the establishment got scared. And that's where those two men came closer and became really dangerous. And so the civil rights movement, uh, even though it was key and important and, and it changes a lot, changed a lot, but at some point the race discourse also keep, kept you pinned down mm -hmm. and did, it not, did not leave space for any other discussion? Well, that's one of one of the points you're making, isn't it? That 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 it's such a surface, almost superficial conversation that's going on. That yes. We're, we're really, I mean, so you're 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 kind of the deer in the headlights, almost, if you will, yeah. because the emptiness. <laughs> yes. Right. Um, we're not really getting to the issues. Yeah. We're not really peeling back. And and light. and race is just the, the superficiality of it. It's it's uh, it's painful for the one leaving it, but. It's not just that reality. Mm. If myself as a man, I, I don't consider me first as a black person. I consider me as a human being, first and foremost. So, but you force me to see that I'm black. Right. You you keep me in this issue right. where I don't I don't I don't have time for this. Right. You know, I'm, I Which I have other more important dish. things. Yeah. You know, to think about yeah. life, about other people, about you know, human being, other human being, other mm. countries, etc. And you you try to keep me down in a discussion about prejudice, about segregation, and that's the danger of that Where, long fight. So so what do you think uh, after all this time spending uh, studying Baldwin and, and and making the films you've made? What what is it that that acts as and it's never one thing, but the catalyst to create a Martin Luther King? A Malcolm X, somebody that does, who is so deeply entrenched in the system, who 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 can actually not only stand up and speak and write, but motivate and 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 way beyond what a normal activist would be. Where does it come from? Is it well? Just, well, that, that's you know, exactly. Profound. I mean, your 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 question is is exactly uh, not the problem, but but touches the the reality. You have to imagine, like Baldwin says, when when a young kid is uh, four, five, six, that's when he realized that the world is very strange. Mm. Suddenly, he's not a kid, but he's a black kid. Right. So you live with it every day. It's not something like you intellectually, at some point, you know, you start thinking about 
you're confronted it with every person you meet in the street, every act you make in your social life. You're confronted with it. Is it the bus driver? Is it the subway mm, station? Mm, mm. Is it uh, buying your bread? Is it you are constantly at very different level from even friendliness. Sure. It's not always aggressive, but the reflection is always about, oh, I am somebody else. I'm somebody else, yeah. They see somebody else, which I am not. And that's a terrible uh, feeling that you feel every day. That again, to the, 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 the expression white privilege, that is very in mode right now, but that, I don't, that doesn't really explain everything. But it, it touches to that. You know, when you're on the other side, your reality is a permanent reality. Mm. It's not something you, mm. you, you get out of, you know. And, and no, you are permanently, even when you are among your, your peers, you talk about what's going on on the other side. Or you talk about what you experienced just one hour before. That's a daily occurrence, you know. And, and, and the situation makes sure that you never forget it. And, and, you know, I'm considered a privilege. Uh, you know, I, I live a privileged life because I travel, I speak languages, and I am accepted, and I can defend myself. Mm. But still, it's a daily occurrence where I am forced to think of myself as a black person. So it's not something I just, you know, it, it's not an intellectual uh, thought. Right. You know, it, it's reality. You know, like Baldwin said, you know, Uh, when when uh, uh, when uh, Neger quotes the the gospel, he's not quoting; he's telling you what happened to him today. Right. You know, that's for me. It's uh, resumed everything. Samuel Jackson. I mean, obviously, I I didn't know the man uh, James Baldwin, but wow! I mean, just immediately, not only the music and, and your you know the the approach to the the film drew me in, but his voice just seems like I mean, he's so present. You know, I mean, I, I don't think that's an overstatement. Yeah, no. And, he, and you he, said in the Q and A that you shot it pretty quickly, and you yeah, didn't give yeah. it a lot of direction. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I think he got it. It cut it. You know, reading this text, that the text is so powerful. It's, yeah, incredibly rich. You know, yeah. that, that's for me. That was the central part of the film. That's why I, I wanted to make this film. It's about this text. It's about what he says and how it says it, and and its literature, its poetry, and its reality. At the same time, it's philosophy, it absolutely and is, it's yeah. politic, you know. So uh, and it's human, and and Samuel Jackson, I think, you know, it's uh, like like a lot of us. It's about his his life as well, and and um, and he knew that it, it was not about him. It was about Baldwin and what Baldwin was saying. So it, very humbly, and, and he got right. into that. Felt you, the respect you don't, for the yeah, material. You, you, don't, you, you don't hear Samuel Jackson. Mm, you no, you, you hear a man, a voice, a yeah, life, and yeah, you hear yeah. Baldwin. You hear Baldwin. You hear Baldwin. Yeah, and yeah. That's, that's a great... Uh, you it's know. pretty incredible. Yes. Yeah. So, so um, Baldwin said that he was terrified by the state of affairs yeah. 40, whatever, 50, almost 50 years ago. Would you echo that in a sense? Today, still terrified, capital T. Yes, yes, no doubt. Um, you know, people, how to say, underestimate the feeling of anger that one 
one might uh, feel every day. Now, you know, again, I'm a very privileged person, but I'm angry every day just mm -hmm. reading the newspaper, mm -hmm. hearing that another young uh, uh, black man or girl is killed for no reason. And it's, and it's just one little part. It's the, uh, maybe the most dramatic part, but it, it's happening on very different level from the most common to the most dramatic. And it's every day and it's never ending. You know, and the reaction to it, you know, it's the same about the, 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 the discussion about, uh, uh, you know, weapons, about, uh, you know, the, the role of the NRA, you know, it's like, you know, how long can we talk about mm. this? You know, when are we going to act? And the ignorance that is surrounding those issues, you know, that somebody can stand up today and say, I need my gun to defend myself, mm -hmm. to defend my home. It's something us Canadians that's, don't that's, really understand. That's yeah, well, sure. and, and the rest of the world. Yeah, the, the rest, rest of the world, world doesn't true. understand. Yeah, when it comes to guns, yeah, it's really you know, quite... What does it mean? What, what, I mean, in the history of this country, a history of violence, that somebody can still, 2016, hang on a gun like this? as if it's a phallus symbol. This, this is a, a, almost a psychological case. Mm. You know? and, and a whole uh, uh, big group of people in this country are ready to do whatever is necessary to keep their gun. And those are people basically in power, an organization that are spending a lot of money in the election and re-election of congressmen, of senators, of governors, of presidents, and we allow them this authority upon us, this is an, an, an incredible. Well, and it's 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 a it's a it's a form of madness, is what it, it is. It, it becomes a form. Of <laughs> so, and and by the way, we come back to Baldwin. Mm. It's about profit. Mm. That's mm. all it is. Again, it's about money. How much money I can make at the end of the day. So how do you how do you get out of bed in the morning? We got to wrap this up in a couple of minutes. Sadly, believe me. Well, I, I, w I wish listen, we could go into the afternoon with this conversation. But uh, I am an author. How do you stay hopeful? I am a writer. I am a filmmaker. For me to have this issue, it's like uh, I open a, a big safe every day. <laughs> And it's just like a, choose my issue. That's right. You know, it's like I can pot complain. of gold to work with. Yeah, it's, yes, it's, uh, sure, sure. I'm privileged Makes to do the, the, yep. the, what I do. And because at least I feel that I, I, I do something and can do something. And, and that's my daily fight to, to, to find a form, to find an artistic form, to, to, to get conversation going, to, get, uh, to, to fight this, this incredible ignorance that they are pushing us down to every day. They are preventing us to understand the world we are living in. So that's, that's what I'm trying to do, and that's great to be able to do that. To, put, to push back in that to way. Push, of course, yes. It's funny that you look at that sort of disparity and so on as, as sort of that, that pot of gold at the end of the artistic rainbow, oh, yeah. as it for, were. For an artist, uh, you know, <laughs> time of war and times of fight are, are, are a great moment. Because I love that's, the one, Raul, just to, to, to wrap up, uh, the, the, the lack of passionate convention, conviction that, that Baldwin talks about uh, and, 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 be, and being misled, and I'm just going to toss this one out because I hope this 
provokes enough to the, this interview will, will provoke people to see the film. Um, but we're, we've been misled by numbers, which I think exactly. is amazing. I mean, talk about profit. Talk about statistics. I mean, could we be more as, as uh, what does he say? I, I couldn't believe it. Lame and empty mm -hmm. and pathetic, I oh. think, were the three, three words. I mean, wow. I mean, talk about right. a, a gavel coming down on, on the table right. in front of me, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. We're, we're hypnotized by numbers. Exactly. It's exactly. all about this. Give me the stats. Give me the analysis. What does the evidence say? Uh, well, who who really gives a who cares? What 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 is this actually? Is it going to make me a better husband? Is it going to make me a better teacher? A better friend? A better wife? A better friend? I think that's what. Yeah. I mean. And 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 the numbers he means as well. Uh, the the capitalistic numbers. Mm. You know how you know today it seems normal for a company to say we need twenty percent benefits. Right. We need uh, profits every year, every year, and this has to go higher. And we are ready to lay off 5,000 people just to have half a point more right. on Wall Street. Yeah. yeah. And we accept that. And we, we, we do it. We do accept you know. it. It seems like there's this nine to five we, ethic. We, that we we're have okay people with. who are earning 300 million a day. What can you do with 300 million? <laughs> A day. I say we spend the next 30 minutes trying to figure that out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Toronto International Film Festival. The film is I Am Not Your Negro, Raoul Peck. I, I, thank you so much for this opportunity. It's been a real pleasure and I uh, appreciate your generosity. And I, I hope we can do a part two. Oh, well, uh, I, I will do that with great pleasure. Thank you. When we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com/style for free shipping and 365-day returns.